1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Everything Evolves. I'm Aaron Bentley. I'm joined, as always, by uh, my good friend and co-host Aaron Taub. Uh, we're here to talk a little bit about Evolve 114 that happened this weekend in Ebor City. Um, I guess the big news coming out of it, at, is that NXT's Fabian Eichner is now the Evolve Champion, and I don't think there's any better way to summarize. Uh, what Evolve appears to be coming out of Evolve 114.
0: Yeah. Uh, Fabian Eichner is the champion, right? Like that's, that's what it is, right? This is um, a promotion that is like no longer a freestanding sort of independent wrestling promotion. um, And it is more a sort of double a ball for WWE, a place where, um, you know, that exists to hone the skills and get live experience for some of the people who are at the Performance Center, but who, you know, aren't getting on TV or the takeovers. Um, and, you know, I think they'll take, you know, they may take a Darby Allen or an AR Fox or some of the higher level guys will, you know, eventually sort of, you know, certainly a Josh Briggs or an Austin Theory will sort of find their way into NXT as well. But really like the indie guys are mostly there to draw, the crowds so that people will like actually go to these shows and, you know, as well as sort of, it's like the indie guys and um, the sort of NXT 205 live high-end people that they send over, you know, for a weekend, like your Mustafa Ali's, your Chris heroes. They're there to draw the crowds, but the, the the promotion really exists, you know, for Fabian Eichner to be a world champion.
1: Right. And, I think that makes sense a lot from NXT's perspective, giving these guys a chance to work in front of different crowds and work on the road a little bit. Uh, but this isn't a podcast about NXT or about how WWE develops talent. So I guess we shouldn't really bury the lead uh, any further. And uh, the fact is that the biggest news, obviously the biggest news coming out of Evolve 114 is that you are listening to the very last episode of Everything Evolves after AT and I had a chance to consume the show and talk last night and this morning. uh, We simply came to the uh, position that this just isn't a promotion for us anymore. It is what AT just said that it is. And we came here for really good matches, for seeing – Indie wrestlers at the peak of their powers, uh, the Zack Sabre Juniors, uh, Walter. Uh, and, and, yeah, there is some development that we've seen, like Darby Allin. Uh, but it's in this context that I talked about on the previous show of with the context of pro wrestling stakes, where the stakes are really who gets better and who ultimately climbs the ladder and wins the title, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, instead of being a show about who gets to go to NXT. And now a show about who doesn't have anything to do on NXT. So we're going to throw them over here for a little bit. So we're going to talk more on this episode about why we've decided to move on. Uh, but I just thought we should tell you guys at the top that uh, that's what's going on. And uh, I don't know, AT, you want to talk a little bit about from your perspective of of. Why you think uh, or how you came to the decision of like, yeah, I probably don't want to spend my time doing this anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean, for context, like the first show we reviewed, the first match we on the first show we reviewed was Keith Lee versus Donovan Dijak. You know, the first show we reviewed had Keith Lee, Donovan Dijak, Leo Rush, Jeff Cobb, Zack Sabre Jr., Ethan Page, Matt Riddle and Kyle O'Reilly on it. Right. Like it was like a high it was like a major league company with like high level main event guys everywhere and guys who weren't just main event talents, but who were perceived by the audience as main eventers. Um, and I think that as time went on, they lost guys. The storytelling really just has not really come together. Um, in a way that's satisfying. Like when we, you know, last night or was it last night, two nights ago, um, you know, they had the five way ladder match for the WWN championship, and there were some really good interactions between Anthony Henry and JD Drake. And like a year ago I would have been like, Oh, I can't wait to see where this goes. But at this point, I've seen so many storylines like stop and start and not reach a meaningful conclusion that like I really don't have confidence that um the the promise that's sort of laid out will be fulfilled. Um And also, I mean, I think that just, like, part of it for me is that I got busy, right? When we started this podcast, like, my life was, like, I did my marketing job. I would, like, finish at, like, 5.30. I'd smoke weed. I'd play video games. I'd watch my wrestling. I'd wait until Alyssa came home. Um... And that was just, like, my life. Um, But I've become very involved in Democratic Socialists of America. And now it's, like, most nights of the week I have, you know, people that I need to meet to talk about the work that we're doing or a meeting or a canvas or a rally or whatever. And so, like, when I have free time, it needs to be something that I enjoy and and like the last like three to six months of Evolve have felt like watching it as a chore and, and and putting this podcast together. I mean, it's it's nowhere near something like what Joe and Rich do where they're recording three hours every day and they're just consuming sort of like unimaginable amounts of pro wrestling. But, you know, the preview shows it takes like two hours to prep to watch all the mini docs and go through all of sort of like the context and write it out in our in our in our Google Doc, um, and then it's like two hours to record, and then if it's one show, it's like two to three hours of wrestling. If it's a double shot, it's like five or six hours of wrestling in a weekend, and then another two hours to record the review show. And so it just became it's very time consuming, and it wasn't like like I love like chopping it up with AB, and I love talking to our our, our listeners online, and I'm so grateful for like the community that I've, I've found in, in part through this show, but I also just, like, you know, I, we don't get paid to do this. We don't have any aspirations of becoming, like, professional professional wrestling podcasters. Like, it should be fun. And sort of watching these shows, like, I mean, I talked about on the air a few months ago, where I was like, well, why am I watching? Like, this isn't good. Like, it's fine. Like, the wrestling's never, like, Well, some of the matches on this last show, like you know, I don't need to see Jesse wrestle again, Um, you know. But like the wrestling is never bad, but it just like doesn't feel like it means anything, and it's not at the level that it was, and um, and it just like just felt like a thing that I have to do and not a thing that I'm excited to do. And I guess the last piece of this is that like um, I was really fucked up by um, the shooting at a synagogue uh, in Pittsburgh last weekend. Um, a, A white nationalist just went in and shot 11 Jewish people. And it was just, you know, an older Jewish people, people, you know, 97 year old people getting gunned down in synagogue. And it just felt like, you know, um, like, fascism is here, right? Like, we we talk a, a, a lot about, um, you know, we make jokes about how the WWE is the Nazi fed and all that. But, like, it's kind of real. Like, watching a WWE-affiliated program right now is, like, tough because it's like, I mean, Linda McMahon is in the Trump administration, and the Trump administration is, like, a fascist like the the GOP is a fascist party. Like we just like, what well, what happened last weekend is like, this is it, right? It's like the leader of this country whipped up, um, you know, anti-immigrant sentiment by constantly talking about this caravan. That message was communicated across the entire apparatus of the, of the ruling party. And, you know, they perpetuated these anti-Semitic conspiracy theories that are just like textbook, like textbook, textbook, textbook anti-Semitism of sort of, you know, the Jewish billionaire George Soros uh funding, you know, the the invaders who were coming to sort of, you know, take over from and, and replace the the pure white people. And it was just like and then a dude went in and shot up a synagogue, and then they went right back to talking about how the media is the enemy of the people and the invasion. And today they announced that they're going to try to revoke birthright citizenship in this country. And it's just um, disgusting and it's scary. And it's like uh, hard to, at a certain point it's like in this world, like right now it's like we have fascists and anti-fascists. Like there is no in between you are one or the other and sort of like doing a podcast about a promotion that's like aligned with an organization that is just like, you know, going and doing a fucking show in Saudi Arabia, <laughs> you know, right now to perform for a murderous dictatorship, uh, you know, at a time when, you know, like a dude tried to like murder the entire leadership of the democratic party. And that was like four fucked up things ago. Right. Like a dude went in, to a black church in Kentucky, tried to kill people. Couldn't find anyone. Like wasn't able to kill people there, and just went to a, a fucking Kroger and shot a couple black people. Like, yeah, you know, like it's here, right? It's here, and uh, a- a- and so like, um, you know, it's like seeing like Matha you know, spewing alt right rhetoric on, on, on evolve one fourteen. It's just like, oh yeah right like the wwe i despise them they're my enemies like they stand for everything i detest and that we will need to beat if like we are going to like make it through this historical moment um so it's a combination of all three of those things right it's like kind of shitty to be like well yeah like the fascist fed, but like, you know, if the wrestling were good, maybe we'd still be doing it. <laughs> 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 but like, but you know, it, it's like, it's, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, a combination of all those things. And, and one thing that it is not is like the performers who go out there and give it their all, you know, every show work their asses off. There are so many dudes I'm going to miss watching wrestle and, uh, you know, it really has more to do with just the fact that this is like, I know. AB said we recorded an entire episode. It was super emotional. AB cried on air. It was amazing. It was like the best <laughs> one we've done yet. But, uh, but then, uh, we lost it. Cause, uh, AB dropped from our hangout and we didn't realize that it stopped the recording. And, uh, so, you know, we talked about some of this then, but, um, you know, it's what he said on that episode was just that, uh, like this promotion is not for us anymore.
1: Right. Yeah. We, we definitely, well, you made this, I'm, we're going to repeat some of our points that we lost because, you know, that's just what happens, but you made this point that it's like, well, let me, let me put it this way. Obviously I work, uh, long hours because I work for myself in like a space where you got to put in a lot of work to try to beat back, um, the carceral state. Right. Then, you know, like my free time is largely spent on like death penalty advocacy. And then like, I I work with this organization that's trying to improve things in the local jail. So I spend the large majority of my time dealing with like incarceration and just the worst, like, I don't know. I always, I always tell people that like incarceration is violence. Um, It is violent to put someone in a cage and take away their freedoms and make them rely on you for every um, every need they might have. It's violence. And so it's not as hard on me as it is on the people who are imprisoned. uh, But there is like a level of like secondary violence that you bear in doing this work. And so. Outside of that, I need things that lift me up and give me joy and that I can just have fun doing. And um, AT made this point uh, on the show that we lost that like <laughs> the promoter of this company uh, doesn't like us, uh, which whatever about that, you know, not, we're not going to relitigate that whole issue. A lot of the performers probably don't like us. We've been critical of them, I think fairly at times, but we have been critical. Um, so it's like as and then the the product has gone downhill um and it's like there's so many things playing against what I need outside of like all the other crap that I have to do in my life, so uh, you know it's it'd be okay to deal with one of those right, two of those, maybe as we've been doing um. And then you throw on top of that. Like, I know that for a while they've been affiliated with WWE. I get that. But you throw on top of it that it's like poor Lenny Leonard is having to say, like, Oh, the last ladder match in Evolve featured NXT's Apollo Crews and 205 Live's Tony Nese. It's like, wow, Lenny's better than this. Lenny probably has better things to do with his time. And uh, I definitely do. It's just, <clears throat> I don't know. It, it just doesn't... Uh, doesn't tick enough boxes anymore. And AT's right. Like what's going on out here is insane. And to I don't know that my club WWN subscription is going into WWE's hands, but um you know WWE is a company that spent more than just about anybody to make sure this president was elected. Hard to dispute that. So Yes, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. I get it. But we do have to make choices for our own conscience. And uh, I'm not going to cry again. (laughs) But like this shit is in my back door, you know, it's right here. They're killing. um, Yeah, I didn't know these guys, uh, this man and woman who who this uh, fascist killed here in Louisville. But. I told this story. I am going to get emotional again. This is fucked up. (laughs) Um, I told this story earlier, but like I saw this cheesy video on Twitter of these two guys who saw this woman paying for her gas in change. And so they went and paid for it or gave her some money so she could pay for the gas. Um, And she's like, what can I do to repay you for that? Like, what can I possibly do? And these guys are like nothing. We have to stick together. That's what this is about. And I hope that's what this podcast has been about. Like, um, yeah, we talk about socialism on a wrestling podcast and I get that some people have been turned off by that. But like we live in the dumbest possible times and not only are they dumb, um, people are dying. And we've got to find ways to. We can't engage with this all the time if it's all we think about. We can't engage with it in a way that's going to be victorious and successful if we're constantly under uh, the burdens of violence. And 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 I have the privilege to not constantly be under the burdens of violence and fascism. Um, but also because I have that privilege, that means I can use my energy to do things that fight back against that. And I have to preserve that energy on some level so that I can continue to do it. So the idea that I would use my free time to care about a company that is going to be um, explicitly part of a machine that is bringing totalitarianism here uh, and bringing violence against Black people and Jewish people and immigrants and trans people and other uh, LGBT folks, I just I can't do it, man. Um, I'm not going to be able to do it. So, I don't know. I, I get that it's just a stupid little wrestling podcast, and you know you don't have to make it that serious. But, um, I don't know. It just got to be too much for me. This is actually a little harder than I went in on it <laughs> on the first show. But uh, yeah, things are real out there, man. And uh, I don't want to be a party to it.
0: Yeah. And, like, the show has always been fun when we're we're recording or bantering back and forth. It it was more just, like, the prepping for it and, like, watching through the shows and, like, always having to watch them and having to watch them right away, you know, and sort of, like, you know, doing a canvas on Sunday afternoon and then coming home and instead of, like, getting to, like, sit and eat dinner with Alyssa, being like, oh, I have to watch Evolve 114. um, That was kind of the challenge. uh, Because it's, like... It's not even so much the watching it but just like you have to watch it now. Um right. And so, yeah, like
1: like I went to Nashville on Sunday to yeah. see Jason Isbell. I got back at 3:30 in the morning. I got up to work. My wife got home I was like I still got to work I still got work to do. And then when I, she was like oh you done working I was like yeah now I got to watch this evolve 114.
0: I got to watch Jesse versus Priscilla Kelly.
1: <laughs> right. It's like, you know,
0: it's not it's I got to watch Dan Matha talk about soy boys. Yeah. And how he's going to like come all over the women in the crowd.
1: Right. Like what I want to <laughs> say is that it's not respectful of my time. Yeah. Now, but the, the fact is, it's just it's pointed towards somebody else now. Yeah. It's for somebody else. And that's fine. I don't have any problem with that. Uh, it's just not what I want to spend my time on. Anymore. I mean, I and and,
0: and and like if we look up and down this card, there are folks on it all over the place who have given their all every time to be respectful of the consumer's time and, and their money. And and you know, um, you know, I don't know when we want to do it, but like in the last episode, every time we went through the matches and we, there was a guy, you know, we were fond of, we talked a little bit about, you know, our favorite memories of them and you know said something about him. Uh, I don't know if we want to do that now, or there's more stuff you want to say about the show or
1: no, I, I don't, we are on a unlimited on time now because we've recorded like a really long podcast. So yeah. we're going to mostly skip the wrestling since that's like secondary to what we're talking about on this show today. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm happy. Like, let's go down. Let's for sure go down and just talk about some of these folks and, uh, you know, what we've, what we've enjoyed. Um, I'm trying to find my, my sheet here, but so it, like the first match is Darby Allen, and Josh Briggs, like, look, Darby Allen is the best thing in this company. and has been for a while, you know, at least once Zach left, Darby was the best thing going. And he was pretty high up there when Zach was still around. Um, So I, if you want to think of a guy who's respectful of the consumer's time, I mean yeah. Darby yeah. Allen,
0: like his, sometimes like too respectful, <laughs> like yeah. like Darby, yo, chill, like don't be so respectful of my time. And money. <laughs> yeah, my man
1: puts his life at risk uh, for wrestling, uh, you know, to entertain everybody, and yeah, he's got personal goals, obviously, but. Um, I don't know, big Darby fan. I, I guess something that'll be cool about this is maybe I'll actually check out Darby and other promotions. Uh, I kind of just use Evolve as my one American indie place to to, to watch things. And so uh, I'll probably branch out a little bit um, now because I'll have some extra time. And uh, so hopefully I get to – I'm going to keep following Darby and see what he's doing.
0: Yeah. Shout out to Darby, Allen. Um, everything he said was true. It's been such a pleasure watching him get better and better and work so hard. Like, he worked so hard on formulating his character on all those 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 sort of promos and mini-Doxy shot. Um, and he just got better and better and better. I mean, the Zack Sabre Jr. match is my evolved match of the year. I think that it was just, like, so cool to see, like, a well-built match and Darby fighting so hard and showing off all he'd learned and coming so close like that was great you know i think that the Zack saber jr feud and then the walter feud were like the two sort of like last great like really like great of all things we saw on the as we were doing the podcast um yeah we did it a year and a half That's um, crazy, man. and so i think right yeah like yeah, year and a half or almost. So yeah, um, yeah. I hope he continues to to progress, and I, I look forward to continuing to um, you know keep an eye on him from afar. He's a super talented, dude.
1: Yeah one one good thing that seems to come out of this new um, direction for Evolve is it looks like Leon Ruff is getting a push. Uh, big shouts to Leon Ruff and the the whole Skulk, uh, including Ar Fox. Um, they've been the most fun part of Evolve since they've been around. Um, I just love these dudes. And uh, that these are the guys that it's like, I have no clue if any of them listen to this show, but these are the guys that I would want to know that like, look, this has got nothing to do with your work or uh, what you've uh, brought to the table at all. Like a, a promotion that features the skull that's like, you know, built around the skulk is one that would be hard to miss. You know, uh, these guys have just brought a level of fun to evolve. that hasn't been there an energy that hasn't been there. And, uh, man, I hope they, I hope they get whatever it is they want. I hope they get it all.
0: Yeah. There's so much joy in, in what they do. <laughs> you know, it's so good. And, 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 uh, always put a smile on my face especially like live they're just so much fun live they they really like uh you know there were times where some of these shows were kind of bland and and the skulk always like came with something special so you know shout out you know much love to to leon ruff to ayla fox to ar fox to liam gray to uh sean dean they say Adrian Alanis, do we get all of them? Adrian Alanis, oh, you know, of course. Missed. No, I was saving <laughs> my man for last. Shout out to Tommy Maserati. Big
1: shouts to the Maserati Did man. We get,
0: I think we hit all of them, right? Is I there anyone so. missing? I think yeah. that's
1: everybody. So big shouts to the skull. Big shouts, like maybe the biggest shouts that I have to give go out to Doom Patrol and especially the Dirty Daddy, Chris Dickinson. Um, I think I've told this on the show before, but uh, I met Chris in uh, New Orleans and he was uh, just very nice about just saying like thanks for us uh, doing the show because nobody really covers Evolve. And so I don't know, I felt I always felt a responsibility like I was going to come on here and be critical uh, when I thought it was necessary, but I was always going to be fair. I didn't want to just go at people to go at people and try to create buzz and get listens and all that stuff. That was never my intention. And so to know that some of these guys were listening. um, Made me even more resolute in that, that I was going to continue to be critical when necessary, but that uh, I was I was going to be fair to everybody. And uh, like Chris Dickinson is the last guy I would want to, like, pop in for this show and think, oh, damn, these guys they think I'm not any good now. They think uh, there's no reason to watch me wrestle. It's like, no, that couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, Chris Dickinson rules, Doom Patrol rules, and they're a big, huge part of of the stuff that has been good about Evolve uh, while we've been doing the show.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Chris Dickinson was, like, one of the first guys, like, I think the first dude to, like, acknowledge our show um, in Evolve, and that meant a lot to me, you know, when it happened, cause it was like, oh, we're doing this thing and the people were doing it about care. So that was that was dope. Um Jaka had last year's match of the year for me against Zack Sabre Jr. Dude with a lot of potential, you know, wish them both very well. You know, I try to pop in for some catch up with what they're doing and like beyond that stuff. Yeah. Um Yeah. So that. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to keep on this. Uh, do we want to talk man. about the Mata stuff at all?
1: Yeah, let's do that. But let's like, let's finish this up first. Cause I just okay. got like two more guys. Yeah. Uh, and I'll start by saying big shouts to Anthony Henry, who has done a great job at Evolve. Like came in looking like, oh, they wanted to use him as a prelim guy or whatever. I mean, they had the tag run first, obviously. Uh, but that kind of fizzled out. And then he was going to be a singles guy. But the guy just, uh, he's too good to be denied. He's, uh, he's been a lot of fun to watch. I, I enjoy him. Uh, and, and big shouts, of course, to J.D. Drake. J.D. won the WWN Championship in the ladder match. Um, he talked about how it's been, it was a culmination of 16 long years. Talked about how his trainer passed away in a car accident. And, and that guy uh, is the one who told J.D. Drake that he had something as a pro wrestler. And it's like, I'm so happy for him. Uh, I was critical of him on this show, no doubt about that. Uh, but the guy, I don't know, delivered. He he ended up uh, really bringing it and evolve and getting better and better all the time. And uh, another guy that I'm really rooting for.
0: Yeah, and um, I guess two folks who aren't in the show, um, but were like super important to us. I think Stokely Hathaway was is just like you know. A tremendous performer, a super smart dude, and just like, oh yeah, just like a really talented performer who crafted sort of I think the most like best defined character in the promotion, and it was a joy to watch live it was super funny, and uh yeah, we miss him, and uh you know. Thanks to Sophie Hathaway uh, for his, his work. And, um, thanks to, uh, our sweet woke boy, <laughs> the anti-fascist arm bar assassin, the ultimate class warriors, Zach saber jr. Who was just, uh, when he left the promotion, that was sort of the beginning of the end for us. I feel like he was just phenomenal. He was so, such a special wrestler and, you know, and as leftists, like it's cool that there's like a leftist wrestler out there. Like
1: representation is so important.
0: Representation is so important. We talk about it all the time. Uh, just to have someone out there talking about, you know, wanting to destroy neoliberalism is like <laughs> having a submission called hypernormalization. You know, Zack Sabre Junior. Go on, Chapo. Thank you for everything.
1: It just could have worked out better, right? Like the whole Zach thing yeah. kind of coalesced with what we were doing, and it was for a moment, it was just uh, it was nice. It was very yeah. good. So, all right. Well, let's talk about the Mehta stuff. I think a mm-hmm. lot of people, um, a lot of people knew about that, even if they're not really big evolve watchers. That had a lot of buzz, unfortunately, this weekend. So there was a match between Dante Marquise Carter and Mikey Spandex that went to a no contest when Metha from NXT came out and beat him up and chased him off. He said, hey, I hear a lot of the good up-and-comers are coming out of Evolve. Well, today's my day off, and I came here to prove this place isn't anything. He said the gross cum stuff that AT mentioned earlier. And then it yeah. goes off on this thing that's like, if there are any men who are masculine enough to do anything about it, come out here. Uh, he says he came to disturb everyone's re- illusion of what a man is says everybody in the back are soft feminine soy boys and uh, ultimately gets confronted by the skulk. So uh, this was obviously very gross.
0: Yeah, I knew it was over for sure when Eichner won the title. But like, this was an idea that we might not be doing this podcast anymore. Right? Like, like because it's like this gross sort of like hyper masculinity that's like two-dimensional that's like very distinct to not distinct to wwe but it's like a trademark of wwe program like this is just such a guy that vince mcmahon would like right and and um and he's using this all like soy boy is just like on its face it's no more offensive than like calling someone a bitch which is like a thing we shouldn't do but that like I'm not going to, like, as you said, the last time we recorded this podcast, like, if I got mad every time someone in wrestling or someone called someone a bitch, I would, like, you know, I would never have time for anything else. But, like, Soy Boy is just, like, alt-right and language and giving that a platform and a promotion that has, over the last couple of years, has really been a safe space for people who are not white men to, like, come to a show and, like, not have to deal with bullshit. And people disputed that and talked about stuff that like on Twitter, we got some, some flack about like Larry Dallas doing some fucked up shit on a show eight years ago. And, you know, and that's true, but like, I don't know this promotion. And I'm not even saying that like, they did it out of the goodness of their heart, but they're part of one of their selling points, like explicitly was, you know, they had shirts that said evolve is for everyone. They had Zack Sabre jr. Closing shows talking about how wrestling is for everyone. Um, You know, um, Lenny, Le- when the show was, when they had a show in New York City on the same day as the Pride Parade, um, you know, Lenny Leonard talked about the Pride Parade and, and the pride that they have in Evolve and how it's for everyone. Um, and, you know, people were like, oh, Evolve is not woke. And it's like, okay, they're not woke, but like, relative to like every other wrestling, indie wrestling company, like in the Northeast, like, I can take, and I have, right? Like, I've, brought people who were not wrestling fans of shows who were either, you know, women or people of color. And like, they had a good time and there was nothing like shitty and offensive that they had to sit through. And I think that like people brought up, you know, when Joey styles made a joke about like grabbing Joanna Rose by the pussy, you know, right after Trump was elected, that was obviously horrific, but you know, the company turned around and fired him immediately when they booked Schlack, the, Nazi sympathizer uh, for FIP. People were like, "Yo, you booked a Nazi sympathizer," and they unbooked him quickly. And uh, you know, we've heard through the grapevine that um, Metha will not be back in Evolve. Um, so I think that like um, this promotion doesn't always get it right, and they might be doing it in a very in a way that's like opportunistic. But at the end of the day, like the fans of Evolve. Expect a decent, non shitty atmosphere, right? the The fans of Evolve do not go to Evolve thinking that they're going to hear the same shit that they would have to hear at like ROH or you know CZW or whatever. Um, and when they don't get that, they like push back and, and and fight back. And now this promotion is like no longer really for the fans. The promotion exists to develop like WWE's human capital. <laughs> Right, So yeah, that moment for me was like, uh like it's it's this thing that I hate and it's like here and it sucks. So that's my the take.
1: Yeah, I don't have a ton to add to that. Um, I guess I should quickly, because I literally have to like leave to go to a deposition soon, but I guess I should quickly get into like people who got on us about... A.T.'s uh method take um you know after A.T. quickly like pointed out that what they were saying didn't make any sense
0: well uh, i tried to ignore it my first instinct was to ignore it but uh no chill A B hopped on the track yeah style, <laughs> you know starters i was like i'm not going to deal like i'm not going to like it's fine if like yeah you know whatever yeah i um, want to say i'm like okay this i like really don't care or i mean i care it's annoying but i'm like i know that the best course of action is not to engage with it but uh i do too but but, i'm dumb but then you engaged yeah
1: well i was i was having an awful day uh there's a lot of weird stuff going on with my work life and uh i know i teased last show that i was going to tell everybody what's going on next, but it like is going to happen after the show's over. So, you know, catch me on Twitter, I guess. Um, but anyway, once that was over, they, they pivoted to, well, you guys are friends with Joe Lanza and he did bad tweets. So there, which is like, first of all, logically doesn't make any sense. Second of all is like, just, these are people who aren't, who haven't interacted with us in the past. I mean, it was just—it's just clearly bad faith, um, trying to demand us to do something, you know, and, and talk badly about Joe because of the bad tweets that he did. And if most people listen to this probably have no clue what we're talking
0: about, uh, but
1: Joe did some bad, some really
0: bad tweets. Okay, yeah, like uh, horrific white supremacist racist tweets about how like the shop owner was the true victim of Michael Brown's murder in Ferguson, right? Like. That is, uh, just to be clear, uh, that's awful and, uh, you know, extremely – it was for – like, if Joe said that now, like, during the time we had the podcast, like, we would have to, like, not have the podcast on Voices of Wrestling anymore, right? Like, the only sort of way I've been able to sort of accept that is that it was, like, four years ago and, like, you know, I like to think that he would never say something, like – that again right and then not that joe is like a woke bay, right (laughs) but like i just like you know i don't think he would say i don't think he would ever say something like that well the,
1: the whole thing is that the backlash against us comes from the assumption that we've never said anything to joe about it which is just which is false not only have we discussed it with him we've discussed it in the community of people who contribute to Voices of Wrestling. So the idea that I have to publicly do these things, I just don't know where it comes from. We're not, we're not politicians. We're not running for office. We're not public media figures, really. I mean, like we have a podcast that uh, some people listen to, and that's really it. Uh, so uh, I just don't feel the need to perform for people who are coming at me in bad faith. Uh, if my friends... Or just people who interact with us or like listen to the show wanted to come to me and be like, hey, dude, what's the deal with this? I'm happy to have that discussion and I've been happy to have that discussion this entire time, uh, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do like a 30 tweet thread where I'm like uh, calling out uh, Joe Lanza just to appease uh, whatever the guy's name was. I don't even remember.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, and someone who I'm friends with and I like and respect, like DM me during this conversation and like we had a conversation he called me in. Right. And we had a conversation and it was good and it was cause for like introspection and reflection on, you know, our show and stuff like that. And that was like cool and good. Like, I don't know. I hope that like, um, I don't know. I think like part of it just comes from a place of like, being in DSA for the last two years where you're, like, when you're organizing, you're constantly, like, coming up with conflict with people who have different political perspectives and want to do things differently and everyone's posting on Facebook and, like, I don't know. Always, like, I don't know. I'd much rather have someone. I mean, I feel like I'm much more amenable to, like, changing my mind of someone who's like, speaks to me one-on-one in private rather than sort of, like, publicly calling me out and being, like, demanding that I denounce you know the evil joe lanza i don't know or like yeah yeah
1: right well it's and i just i want to say one more thing about it i got into a tiff with this guy on twitter and i basically said like well he it started because he said i work for joe which is was news to be joe had if i do i'm uh joe is violating wage and hour laws because uh, i have not been paid for my for my services um So I said, you know, I I don't. I work for myself, um, representing incarcerated people in civil rights cases. What do you do? And my point was not that it wasn't even that you have to be doing anything to be critical of what other people say or do. That's wrong. Like we should be no matter who you are. There's a lot of reasons why people can't do activism. And I appreciate that. Uh, My point was. My character My credibility as a person who has the views I have doesn't come from this podcast or what I say on Twitter. It comes from what I do in real life. And anybody that knows me knows what I'm about, knows where I stand on just about any issue. I'm not I'm not particularly quiet about that. So, you know. I'm just the wrong guy to come after. That's all I'm saying. I'm not I'm not the one as I like to say, I'm not the one. So anyway, that was what it was. I just thought we should address it in case you saw it out there and and wondered uh, what was going on. I think AT that the best way to uh, close this out, I hate this to just be like a big, uh, you know, admiration society, but you know, here's the thing. I hope AT and I can find something else to do a podcast about because I love uh, chatting with, with Aaron. I mean, I hope that we'll continue to, Chat, no matter what. Uh, but I'm hoping we can keep making audio content. I will almost certainly be doing some sort of audio uh, in the near future, just because I don't know. I enjoy it a lot, and all that stuff I talked about earlier. Like it's nice to have a different vehicle uh, to create something uh, and to have um, community with people about. You know, like that's valuable, and I and I enjoy that. So the the biggest person i want to thank of course is aaron you guys have no clue the work that he does on getting us prep for these shows uh if i've ever sounded like i understood the context of a current evolve match in like as it relates to old evolve it's because aaron told me about it and he like set me up for success so uh, aaron has like uh challenged my ideas and pushed me on things and uh i hope I feel like he's maybe a better dude. I hope people uh, also agree with that. And it's just like uh, he's a big inspiration to me. God, I'm just emotional today because of uh, <laughs> well, the work that he does, man. It's like, like if I ever go at AT, he should come at me like I did that dude last night. Like, what do you do? Um, I would be receptive to that because AT is out here doing it for real and uh, affecting real change. And uh I couldn't be prouder, man.
0: I love you, Aaron. Thank you so much. You, That's so sweet. Uh A B is like AB edits the show every time. I'm so grateful that we met at Mania and like you invited me to do this thing. And I like admire that like you're really in it. Like I'm out here doing like knocking doors, but I'm not like in the shit. Like you're in the shit. And I admire you for doing that. And um AB has, like, a real sense of moral clarity that I sometimes lack. And I think uh, it just is always going to stand up for, you know, what he thinks is right. And it doesn't matter if it's, like, you know, (laughs) abolishing the death penalty or, like, a guy who was loud behind us at spring break that he was going to fight, right? (laughs) He zero, spilled beer
1: on me and didn't apologize, Aaron.
0: He wasn't zero, loud. Yeah, he spilled a drink and didn't apologize. And, like, and wherever there is injustice, no matter how big or how small. <laughs> and
1: then he called zero, me a pussy, I think, or something like that.
0: Zero Chill AB is, like, ready to fight with it. And, um, yeah, I'm extremely fortunate to have you as a friend and, and, and a co-host on this, this dumb wrestling show that we do. And... Um, and beyond that, I think we talked a little bit about solidarity and being in this together. Um, I'm very grateful for, like, the community that we have found through this. You know, all of the folks who, you know, just follow us on our regular handles, but all the folks who chime in and have enjoyed the show and banter with us on Twitter. And, um, you know, it really means a lot to us and... um I hope we can continue to stick together online and yeah. um, Thanks to Rich and Joe for like giving us a chance to do this. Like I'd never worked with them on anything before and they were like, yeah, sure. You can like do a show on our network and you can talk about a bunch of like social issues that are not really within the scope of what we do. You can publish this sort of controversial news article attacking you know that's not a t- yeah maybe attacking or just or just like that's going to be like very negatively perceived by a person who's like one of our sources and a powerful person in this industry even though we never do stuff like this like yeah you can publish that here and we'll go on our podcast and 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 defend you and say that the Aarons did nothing wrong um like you know shout out to rich and joe um and yeah, thanks to all the WWN folks, uh, the king of the mini doc, Kenny Johnson. Yeah, like made this promotion much more interesting. Um, Lenny Leonard, the, the God play by play man. Our pal on Twitter, the radical centrist Chris <laughs> Uh You know, yeah, it was. Um, it's been. It's been really cool, and I'm trying to think. um,
1: Well, I mean, big shouts to Gabe Sapolsky. Yeah,
0: of course, right, yeah. You win, my man. Yeah, Gabe wins, and and yeah, like, I wouldn't have had any of this community if, like, it weren't for, like, Gabe making these shows and really, like, Gabe making, like, Ring of Honor was, like, you know, growing up and going to shows at The New Yorker was, like, a thing that made my – childhood a little more tolerable even though like I was just a miserable teen and yeah um it was cool to make a thing that he listened to at least sometimes and <laughs> maybe hated but you know yeah Gabe wins he gave all Gabe indoors
1: yeah he's he's gonna have a big day when this drops
0: yeah yeah so yeah um anything else we're missing
1: I hope not i hope we uh I hope we got to everybody um if we didn't, it wasn't for lack of appreciation. It's just we already did this podcast once, and so uh it's tough to to recreate it so um
0: yeah and um there was one thing I almost forgot, but um this podcast has been home to a number of exhortations telling y'all to go vote. So for the very last time, a week from today, Tuesday, November 6th, the midterm elections, please, please go vote. It's not the only thing you can do. It's, it's not the only thing that's going to stop what we're up against, right? We need to be in the streets. We need to be organizing our workplaces. We need to be organizing our communities. We need to be ready to call a mass strike to get the capitalists to give us the goods right like this is you know you know you see what's happening in brazil with you know people raiding universities and taking out the books about the history of fascism like that could that's like kind of on the way here right and so it's like voting is not enough that if these dudes lose an election who knows if they will accept the results or whether there will be reactionary violence um I but but no matter what, I mean, I think it's important to show that the majority of this country does not stand for a fascist regime. It's important to, to to elect people who are at least slightly less shitty. Like Hillary Clinton is a gigantic dumbass, and I will like never really forgive her for like losing an election to a to like Donald Trump. But, like, it would be better, the world would be better if she were, or like, we would be better off if she was president, right? Um, Chuck Schumer, gigantic piece of shit. You know, we have four more years until my friend Alex could maybe run against him. I don't know. We haven't talked about it, but, you know, (laughs) right? But, like, you know what I mean? Like, despise him. But, like, it would be better. Like, he wouldn't have voted to, you know, if the Democrats had the Senate, we wouldn't have, like, a rapist going to the Supreme Court. So I just think that, like, um, it's important to do. It's important to show our strength. It would be so good if some of these shitheads, like if Steve King or Ted Cruz lost their seats. So please, uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. You know, find out where your polling place is. Make sure you get out there and vote. It's like 10 minutes a year. It's not enough. Join your local DSA chapter. Join any of a number of other left organizations who are working to fight this. Um. But Get out there and vote on Tuesday
1: I couldn't agree with AT more I hear a lot of you folks Talking about electoralism But it if nothing else it is harm reduction And it's something That's something we should engage in Because there are people out there Who are much more oppressed And marginalized than AT and I Who um, Are things going to turn around completely for them. If a bunch of Democrats win, of course not, but we might be able to stop the worst things from continuing to happen. So let's do that. And then like AT said, let's, let's build on that um, outside of electoralism to really affect people's or change in people's lives. Um, I hate that. Like, there's not going to be a wrestling podcast out there, like singing this every
2: uh, right. uh,
1: that's yeah. a bummer for me. Um, but, yeah, everybody do that, and uh like a t said just show them that we are many, they are few, that's it, yeah. that's it,
0: Solidarity forever
1: forever. I'm yelling on the end of this podcast. one thing I have from my my grandfather who passed away when I was very young, he was a big u m w a organizer, and uh I've always had this shirt that has the local number on the front. It just says solidarity forever on the back. And uh, so this was pushed into my veins at a, at a very young age. Uh, I don't think my grandfather would have been a socialist, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but he understood solidarity and uh, I'm lucky to have grown up in that tradition. So, all right. I, I literally have to leave my house and like, very soon uh, to make it to a deposition that's an hour away from my house. So, but I think this turned out well, even though we had to redo it. Um, Thanks everybody for listening. Really. I mean, I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me that we talked, this whole episode has been about the little time that we have. So it means a lot to me that you all have spent your time listening to us talk. That's so cool. Uh, I hope we were respectful of your time the way we were talking about earlier. We certainly tried to be, we tried to bring compelling, content that, uh, didn't talk down to you and, um, was, was fair. So I guess that's it. AT any last thing you want to, uh, tell the real EvolvePod podheads? No. <laughs> wow. We ended it on a real Aaron Talbism.
0: I think, I think you said it best.
1: AT, what would you say about our run? Unevolved pod. Like if you could use one word to describe it, what would it be? I'll give you a prompt. It was. It was
0: fine. I I knew it was. It was
1: fine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. All right. That's it. Uh, Signing off for the very last time from Everything Evolves for Aaron. I'm Aaron. We'll see you down
2: the road.